Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. What better way to start the morning, right? Uh, I tell you what, I, I do love baptisms, and I will say Sherry got me a little bit worried there when I asked her if she's ready to go all in and follow the Lord. She goes like this, and, but then she said, yeah, I'm never turning back. I was like, oh, okay, okay, we're good, we're good, right? You know, you always get afraid that might be that one moment, right? Uh, but it's, uh, it's been fun, been fun seeing what God's up to, and, and again, I just want to remind you, uh, both of these families moved here from other places. And as we got a chance to meet them, people invited them, connected with them. Uh, that, was, that was actually their life group up on stage that uh, was there as, uh, as they came forward, as Mike was getting baptized. That was a life group. He had already jumped into a life group. And they're like, hey, you're getting baptized. We want to support you. And so I, I just want to celebrate with everybody what the Lord's up to. It's been a great week. Just last week, we had an impact leadership banquet here in the building where we celebrated and talked about how we can uh, reach out to other cultures and races in our community and how we can encourage that as a church family. We, we had date night where we had like 100, 100 plus people here having fun, just celebrating the gift of marriage. We've, last week, we had the, um, it was a trafficking uh, conference that we hosted to try to help and see God move that we hosted it while they uh, did all the teaching. It was amazing to see what God's up to in so many areas. And I'm thankful to get to be a part of that. And I, I hope you are too. Uh, this last week, uh, I had planned to preach on a certain passage in Psalms. And, and I just, uh, it's hard to explain this whole preaching thing because it's kind of odd. It's not like writing a speech where you just kind of come up with some information that, that's a good idea. If I don't have a, a, an unction of the Holy Spirit, old-fashioned phrase, but it makes sense, like I sense that this is what God wants me to do, then it's, I don't want to preach it because uh, we're not just trying to give speeches, right? We're trying to, trying to hear from God and do what God wants us to do. And so I was really struggling this past week. And then I hit a passage in Psalms, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna redirect everything. Gonna redirect everything because there's some significant things that have happened in our culture just recently, and what I'm seeing on social media and the news, just really wanting to address it. And, and, and so what I wanna address is what's going on with the, the Roe v. Wade. So it's not been officially overturned, but there's a, a leak from the Supreme Court that says they're looking to overturn it. And, and so a lot of people are really happy and a lot of people are really angry. And if you go on social media, you watch the news. I mean, there's everything from people so angry. They're already, they literally have already firebombed a, a pregnancy clinic center like we have in our town. There's people that are protesting at the Supreme Court's house because somebody sent out the, the residences. They've never done that in the history of our nation. And so it, it's it's pretty pretty tough time right now. Having said that, though, we have the opportunity to be the voice of reason, wisdom, and love. 
And so that's what I'm gonna be challenging us to do. Not to get caught up in the, hey, we're so happy, we're gonna rub it in everybody's faces that we, we may actually get this overturned and not to go to the other side where we're angry, but we're gonna, we're gonna look today at a biblical picture of why children are a gift. And we're gonna look at how God creates and designs us and even knits us together in the womb with a purpose and then we're gonna look at how God calls all of us to be his hands of grace and mercy and forgiveness and love so that hopefully our voice will be the voice of the, of the Lord in this community and in our world. So if you got your Bibles, we're gonna launch out in Luke chapter four, verse 18 and 19, which may be an interesting place to launch out of because uh, in Luke chapter four, this is what I preached on for Easter. And I preached on it for Easter because Jesus began his ministry reading this passage and saying, today it's been fulfilled because he is the savior of the world. And my point in beginning with this is to say, this is still who we are. No matter what happens or takes place, we're still called to be the same followers of Jesus no matter what goes on in the government or the world. So Luke 4, 18 and 19 says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. This, is, this needs to be our approach to everything that comes out. We are bearers of good news. When everybody around us is discouraged and wanting to give up because of COVID, we need to be bearers of good news. When everybody else is frustrated and ready to give up because of the Ukraine war, we need to be bearers of good news. When everybody else is ready to burn buildings down, we need to be bearers of good news. Christ came to bring this good news. And if anybody had a reason not to have good news, I mean, it would have been him. He came into a situation where the Jews were under the oppression of the Roman Empire. People weren't following what God had taught them for over 2,000 years. I mean, he had the opportunity just to bring justice, but instead he brought mercy and grace. And so we need to be those people who are bringing that mercy and grace along with that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's ask God to, to give us open hearts and open minds as to what he'd say to us today. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for everybody watching online. I pray, God, that they would share this message. I pray for all of us, Lord, who are here, uh, that, that our hearts would be tender and open to what you'd have to say. Lord, there's a lot of hurt that comes just with the word abortion. There's a lot of angst that comes saying Roe v. Wade is being overturned. But Lord, we, we want to be your hands and feet. We wanna see Jesus Christ lifted high no matter what our Supreme Court decides, no matter what our government decides, no matter what our president decides. God, we wanna be people who love well that follow the example of Jesus and lay our lives down for those around us. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen.
All right. Well, the first thing I want to do is to, to look at uh, biblical perspective of kids and, and when God prepares us uh, for life. So Psalm 119, we are going to launch out in Psalms. Uh, there's a lot of Psalms that talk about life and kids and blessings. And so we're going to launch out in Psalms. Psalms 119, starting in verse 73, says this. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. So the first thing on your listening guide, if you got your listening guide, is God is the creator of children. It was his idea, right? He created each one of us as a gift. And I'm so glad he did. And that's why children in the very beginning are so important. They are God's creation. He created all of us. Now, everybody's not, quote unquote, a child of God. We become his children when he adopts us, when we give our lives over to him. But everybody is a creation of God. And that's why we can look at each other irregardless of race, irregardless of background, irregardless of nationality, irregardless of who our families are, and we can look at each other and genuinely say, I love you, irregardless of what you're going through or what you've done, because God created. He is the creator of all children. Now, Ephesians 2.10, I like this one. If you want to go to the New Testament, it's in the New Testament, or you can just listen, it's on the screen. But in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Look at your neighbor or your friend next to you and say, you are God's masterpiece. Some of you aren't convinced, I can tell. You better do it, do it again, do it again. Say, you are God's masterpiece. Now you're laughing. I don't know. I did not have this problem with the first service, okay? <laughs> I don't know what it is. But you are. You're God's masterpiece. And he doesn't make mistakes. Now, I'm not an artist. I can do stick figures really well. You know, if you need somebody to do stick figures, I'm pretty good at stick figures. When it comes to painting, I'm not there. But... I'm amazed by the people that can do these masterpieces and really the folks that can do them really quickly. You know, like that Bob Ross guy? I mean, that guy, he like throws paint on the thing and it looks like something, right? And then, then he'll do stuff, he'll paint some stuff, and then he'll mess it up. I only watched him a couple times, but he blows my mind because he'll like paint it. I'll go, oh, that's looking pretty. And then he'll get another color and go. And I think, oh man, he messed that up. And then 30 seconds later, he throws another color on there, does that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, that's beautiful. He is a master artist, right? Your heavenly father is a master artist. He made a masterpiece out of everybody in this room. And you're unique. Would you not agree with that? Isn't it amazing? Like, if we make cars, we think, oh, there's so many different kinds of cars. No, there's really not. Honda Accord, still a Honda Accord. They have to make them all look almost exactly alike so they can sell them, right? God's got seven plus billion people in this world and none of us are exactly alike. Now you say, what about twins? Do twins have the same personality? No, you get two kids born the same, they are exactly opposite, aren't they? It's almost humorous how opposite they are. 
God has made us all unique, and each person in here is a masterpiece. God created you for a purpose. He wired you, he designed you, and he did that as a testimony of him and his goodness and his glory and his love. So start with God's the creator of all children. That's why they're important. Second, he created us in his image. Psalm uh, 100. Let's look at Psalm 100. If you want to skip back over to Psalms. Psalms 100 verse 3 says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So again, we see that he made us and we're his. We're his, meaning we're his, his family, his creation. But then you jump over to Genesis 1.27. In Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So this is why it's so important that we love children. Because they're like mini-me's of God. God says he made all people in his image. Now, does that mean physical? Well, I don't think necessarily physical because we have male and female and that's very different, right? But it's, it's who we are. So we are able to think, to love, make rational decisions, make supernatural decisions. You know, if you take two dogs and one of them attacks the other one, there's a natural response, right? Fight or flight. But for us, Christ taught us that if someone strikes us on the right cheek, we can turn to him the left also. It's a supernatural response. Requires the love that God puts in us. It's a, it's a miraculous response, really, versus instinct. Now, I got two cats that, that we have, and, and I'm so proud of them. One of them yesterday brought me and put a half-eaten squirrel on my front porch. So proud of them for getting that squirrel. I just, you know, always impressed when they can do that for me. And, uh, but they have an instinct. They, matter of fact, just as last week, they both got this big old slit on their face. They must have, another cat tried to get on our back deck and wow, wow, they tangled, right? Because they have an instinct. This is my space. You don't come into my space. I'm the cat that lives in this space and I will defend it at all costs, Right? They have an instinct, but God created you and I in his image so that we have the gift of loving and forgiving. You ever known a cat to forgive? No. No, you forget to feed him one time, he like hates you for days, right? Now, you know what I'm talking about here. I never had cats till about seven years ago. They are an interesting, interesting animal. So, uh, but we are created in the image of God. It is a gift that we can love, forgive, encourage, and show grace. Job chapter 10, look at Job chapter 10. Job's in the, uh, in the middle of the Bible. And uh, you, you almost have to read the whole book of Job to understand the whole story. But there's a, there's a nugget in there where Job is talking with the Lord and he says, you clothe me with skin and flesh. 
and knit my bones and sinews together. You gave me life and showed me your unfailing love. My life was preserved by your care. Job understood that God literally knit him together and that is a gift. Do you know God knits you together? He knits you together, why? That's point three, because he has a purpose. He has a purpose. God has a purpose for everybody in this room. You're 15 years old, you need to know God's got a purpose. You're seven years old, you need to know God has a purpose. You're 70 years old, God's got a purpose. You're never too old for God to have a purpose for you. He's got a purpose for each and every one of us here. And we can walk that out. Or we cannot, right? So let's look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16, says this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Same imagery, isn't it? Thank you for making me so wonderfully complete. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment laid out before a single day had passed. This is why as followers of Jesus, we are pro-life. Because we believe God created every person. We believe that he designed us with a purpose. And we believe it began even before we were born. That we were knit together in our mother's womb. It's a beautiful picture all throughout Genesis to Revelation of how God sees you as a masterpiece. And people say, oh, well, there's so many people in the world already. That's okay, God likes a big family. And God wants it even bigger. He wants to see even more people fall in love with him. Even more people discover his hope and his grace and his mercy. But today I want you to know that if you're here, you're a masterpiece of God's. He created you and designed you with your gifts and your personality for a purpose. Now, it's amazing to me how different we can be in our personalities, right? How he, he wires us together and how each one of us is called to be who God's created us to be and not be somebody else. You're not called to be your older sibling. You're not called to, to be the coolest or the smartest in every room. Truth is, none of us can be all those things all the time. You're called to be who God has created you to be. That masterpiece with whatever that unique purpose is, he's given you. Well, look at uh, Psalms 127. So we know that he's created us. We know he designed us. We know he's given us a purpose. Psalms 27 tells us, uh, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. 
Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the gates. At the river, we believe that children are a blessing from God. We don't believe they're a nuisance. We don't believe they're a problem that we have to take care of. We don't believe that they're an inconvenience. We believe that kids are a gift from God, a very much a blessing to us. Now, truth is the world doesn't see it that way. More and more, as we get more materialistic, kids are kind of something that we, we want to pay for somebody else to take care of. We want somebody else to do the work to raise them. We don't want to say no to them because we, we don't want to cause any ripples. And we're getting to a day where we just are moving towards where Europe is, where the population growth is negative because people don't want to have kids because they're an inconvenience more than a blessing. That is not God's perspective. God's perspective is he gave children to us as a blessing. One, I think so that we can remain poor and be humble because the more kids you have, the poorer you are. Amen, anybody, okay? But it really humbles me when my kids teach me and I learn from them as well. And not just my kids, but I love being around other people's kids and learning from them as well. But it's even in the Christian world, I, I hear it. I was at a pastor's conference not that long ago and I'm sitting around a table with a bunch of pastors and uh, this other pastor, we're talking about family and kids and life and and he said, I'm so-and-so, and I've got a kid, and so-and-so. And I said, well, I'm Steve. I've got six kids. He's like, oh, my. Oh, that's horrible. He's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, what do you mean it's horrible? I like all of them except one. <laughs> Just kidding, kids. <laughs> love them all. No, I, I love my kids, right? I see all six as a blessing. Why does the world want to do this as an inconvenience? because we're moving to a very self-centered, materialistic world that says, I'm supposed to be happy, and I draw a circle around myself. I'm supposed to be happy. When you have kids and you raise them, you realize you have to die to yourself. You have to love them unconditionally. It's hard work, but God intended them to be a blessing. So you start putting all this together God created them to be a gift. God designed them in the womb. We're called to see them all as a blessing. All this seems to make sense. And as a whole in the Christian world, we would say, yes, we love kids. Kids are a blessing. And that is why we are pro-life. Because God has knit children together in the womb. Before we even see them, he is working to create them to be a beautiful masterpiece. Now, here's where I think we have failed as the Christian church in our nation. I think we've done great at saying, hey, we love babies. Let's all be pro-life. But then we haven't done a great job of loving those that have had abortions. 
We haven't done a great job of those who are pro-abortion. We haven't done a great job of loving those that disagree with our beliefs. There are those that have walked around with signs saying horrible things, all in the name of love of Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't just love one set of people. He loved all, and he offered grace to all that would come to him. And uh, if you didn't get to be here, it was a couple months back, we had a group of folks on our stage from a ministry called Deeper Still. And we had nine or 10 different ladies and and a gentleman who shared their stories of abortions. And it really helped me understand because one of them was a teenager when it happened and her parents who didn't want to be embarrassed by their daughter being pregnant did not give her a choice took her straight to the abortion clinic and forced her to get an abortion. And she's carried that hurt with her for ever since then. Another woman wasn't given an option with her boyfriend, with his pressure and his insistence to take her and have the abortion. And then there was a gentleman that he wasn't given a voice in the abortion either. He didn't even know the woman he loved was pregnant, but she didn't want a child. So she went and had the abortion. And all the stories help me understand that, you know, Steve Taboo has made choices in his life too. And I needed that grace and forgiveness. And you've made choices, whatever it is, and you need grace and forgiveness. That's why we all need Jesus Christ. Takes just as much of the blood of Jesus to forgive somebody who's a murderer, as an adulterer, as a, a polygamist, as a as a whatever envy, greed, materialism. We all need that grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And so, as the church, I think we're in a good spot for this season because we we have an opportunity when people come to us and say, "What do you think?" Because that's why I wanted to share this with you. It's gonna continue to be, depending on how this thing moves forward, it's gonna be a big conversation on social media and at your workplace. And and if they know that you're a Christian, they're gonna say, well, what do you think about this? What do you think? And it's gonna be important that we come at it from a biblical perspective. That we don't share our opinions, but we share the word of God. And the word of God is clear. He loves all children. Every child is a masterpiece. He knits them together in the womb with the plan and the purpose for something greater. And therefore, we are radically, tremendously, over-the-top, pro-life, loving kids because they are a blessing. But we're also pro-women, pro-men, pro-forgiveness, and pro-grace. We're blessed in our town to have the Cookville Pregnancy Clinic that does a great job, not just of doing an ultrasound and showing these mamas that they got a real baby and that they can see the babies moving around and grabbing hold and stuff. And and I don't know if you've ever seen those pictures. Some of them, they they do look like a worm, but they, as they get older, you know, you can see that they actually are like children's. And uh, children's? Bad grammar. Okay. Uh, They're children, right? And 
And so they, they offer him that beautiful ultrasound and then they offer opportunity to help them have the child. They train them in parenting if they'll take it. They offer diapers and follow-up care. It's not just an ultrasound. They offer a plan. And then we realized there was a hole a couple of years ago that we needed an adoption agency in our town. And so our church and another church and a couple of individuals came together to start uh, Hope Adoption Agency so that there could be the, the two-part plan. And then we also believe in adoption and we also believe in, in foster care in our town. We've got so many parents in here that are foster parents. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of people that have adopted on our, I went through and on our pastoral staff, half of our pastoral staff has either adopted or fostered. We, we believe in children, but we're not just saying abortion's wrong. We're saying, can we show you something better? And that's what Christ did. He didn't just come and condemn the world and tell them, you guys are a mess, you're good for nothing, and I'm, I see no hope in you. He came and he said, I'm coming to bring good news. Bring sight to the blind. Hope to all. That's what Christ came for. And he wants to offer that to everybody in here. Now I want to offer you an opportunity. If you got your little cards, your, your little uh, communication cards in the back of the chair. If you'd like to know more about Deeper Still, a ministry that comes along uh, ladies and men that have been either had the abortion or forced someone to get an abortion. If you'd like to know more about that, you can just casually write deeper still on your card and we'll send that in. If you need more information on the Cookville Pregnancy Clinic, maybe you want to serve. We got a lot of people in our church that serve in Cookville Pregnancy Clinic too. Or maybe you'd like to go and, and talk to someone because you are pregnant and you'd like to know more. You can just put that on your card, Cookville Pregnancy Clinic, and we'll, we'll have a follow-up with you as well. And if you're here today and, and you're wondering, what, what is the big deal with abortion? I hope and pray that the Lord revealed to you what the big deal is. That each person in here is a masterpiece. And each child in the womb is a masterpiece. And God wants us, as people that trust and understand what it means to have a, a loving creator, he wants us to be proponents of that good news. Not the proponents of hate, not the proponents of condemnation, not the pro proponents of pointing the finger, but the proponents of, we're gonna reach out in love. Because the way to change everything, I, I, whether they change the law or not, that's not up to us. We're here to change the heart. Because until you change the heart, there's really no change at all. And we need to be God's voices in this community that children are a blessing. And that is a gift to our whole community so that when we see kids running in the park, they're a blessing. When we see kids screaming in the grocery store, they're a blessing. When we see kids that are driving us crazy, they're a blessing, because they are a blessing. Would you stand with me? I, I wanna give a, 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 an invitation today. And the invitation today is an invitation 
to just say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm all in. As we saw the, the testimonies and we saw the baptisms, each of these three were there to say, we're all in. Now, for you today, maybe you came and you, you came wanting to hear about that all in, about knowing Christ. I, I just want to tell you, we're glad to meet with you after this service and talk with you more. Matter of fact, on, in the back, back there is a prayer room. We've got people ready to just pray with you and listen and encourage you any way we can. We also open up the left side of the altar over here with these kneelers. You could come and just talk to Jesus one-on-one. Maybe you need to pray about something individually and you feel like you just need to come and, and place it at the altar. Over here on my right side, if you come over here to kneel and pray, one of our, our pastors or ministers or deacons or someone will come and they'll lay a hand on you and they'll pray with you. And they'll pray for whatever you need prayer, prayer for to encourage you and, and just love on you. Because sometimes we just need to just get it out and have somebody pray over us. And then I'll be in the front middle. And if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm here to pray with you. Or if you're here and you just need to pour something out, we're here to pray with you. I know this is a heavy subject matter, but I pray that this is giving you some, some tools and understanding so that as you're on social media, as you're at your place of work, that you can, instead of being a voice of hate, or anger, or lack of understanding. You can be the voice of love and truth, grace and mercy, forgiveness and love. So I'll be down front as Jimmy Clay. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, be sure to check out theriverCC.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, we want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings, as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms. And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.